0: Hello, and welcome to the Soul Amplified Podcast. I'm Vanessa Grace, your host. So I'm intrigued by today's topic because um, the concept of values and the values that drive us has become a thing that's really central in my work. I often will bring conversations back to talking about values and helping a person figure out what their values are. And then I really like the idea of interweaving that with um, all of my work with codependency and all the work that you guys, or not all the work, all of the the things I've shared with you and that you have learned on your own from other places about codependency. Because I really feel like there's um, a... A tendency to be drawn to certain values as a codependent person, and then there's a tendency to have an aversion to certain values. And I also want to talk about that. Uh, talk about values in terms of culture, and and the expectations in our society. And I don't feel confident enough to talk about um, non-mainstream culture. I can really only talk about it from my perspective because I don't feel like I have enough knowledge about non-mainstream culture so I apologize for that. I recognize that it's like a a deficit of the podcast that I don't have more uh, variety perspectives about culture and codependency but that's a thing that's on my mind so I'll mostly be talking about it from like mainstream culture. So I feel like there's a lot in mainstream culture uh, with the values that are had there that support codependency. So we're going to be talking about all of those kinds of things today. And I just want to remind you that if the podcast has been supportive to you and that if you have grown and learned and um, it has helped uh, change your life in some way or change who you are for the better, there is the ability to support the podcast there's a link to that in the bio if you want to support the podcast and help this continue to happen you can certainly do that okay so let's let's get into this a little bit um what are values i perceive values to be uh concepts that we we strive for that we believe are important that we believe are not just important because a lot of things are important to us as humans, but are central. And these central ideas drive our choices or they drive how we aspire to be as people and maybe even um, how we aspire to raise our children or how we hope our children will behave. And then this can be extrapolated to family, larger family, community, community, and you know, how we want things to be run um, in the government, a lot of it is driven by what our values are. And so we can see um, how we are in relationship with other people, or how we are in conflict with other people, or how we are in uh, getting along situation with another person through the lens of values, our values, their values, how do they intersect, um, How do they not intersect and then how do we react to that and do we have a value about how we interact with others who have differing values than us and and are we living up to it? So there's all of these things that you can look at with values that help you understand yourself and understand the world around you and I find it incredibly valuable. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to this little game that you can play to help you understand your own values. And um, it is actually something that you would print off and it becomes like a little deck of cards. And what you do with it is you cut out all the little cards and each individual card is a value with a description of that value. And then you can kind of play some games with it to figure out what your core values are. And sadly, I don't remember the name of it right now while I'm saying it to you, but it will be in the show notes if you want to check it out. And a lot of the values that I'm mentioning today in the episode are things from that um, little card game that that I have literally been using for over a decade um, in, pre- in practice, in my therapy practice with people. And I haven't used it much in coaching, but I definitely talk about values a lot in coaching. And I guess I just haven't played the game with people um, in coaching because it's normally an in-person thing and most of my coaching is digital or like online. Anyway, so what are some of the values that a person who is codependent might be more drawn to? And again, all of these values I'm mentioning are coming from this uh, game, this card game. So a lot of them are about uh, your interaction with others and, you know, like being what a codependent person would believe is good. So one of them that I want to talk about is service and helpfulness. So service and helpfulness is, you know, it's this idea that we need to be doing good for others. And of course, a codependent person is going to be drawn to these because it's a core tenant of codependency that you're making sure everybody else is okay. And in and of itself, of course, these values are not, they're not bad, um, but again, if you are in a situation where you're learning about service and you're learning about helpfulness, but it's through the lens of give and tell it hurts, if it's through the lens of sacrifice for others will be valued, then the underlying purpose of service and helpfulness become becomes uh, self-destructive. Um, and so you could say that a, a, an accidental value or an accidental outcome of having service and helpfulness um, as a value, as a codependent person who's, you know, not doing the self-care, is that you end up harming yourself. And so it's important to be aware if service and helpfulness are your values, you know, how do you do that in a way that is not self-destructive? How do you do that in a way that you are still a kind person that you value? And how do you unravel the fact that 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 gray area has gotten so confused? So another one that I want to bring up that is a value that a codependent person might be drawn to is cooperation. And I think of the phrases in our culture that talk about go along to get along and don't rock the boat. And that cooperation as a value is more about like getting along with other people and being open to their perspective and working together either for fun or a solution or just operating together co you know co-operating so we're operating as one unit together but really if If you look at cooperation through how a codependent person might perceive it, I said go along to get along and don't rock the boat. So what that really means is one person or one group of people is operating and you're actually not being the co-part of that if you're going along to get along. They're actually operating it and you're just allowing them to think that you're okay with it. So that's not actually cooperation. That is um, you being inauthentic About what you want, and then they might be like, "Well, why didn't you just speak up?" And yes, there's been many other episodes where I've talked about the reasons why people don't speak up and how to work work that out. Um, But if you're going along to get along and you're trying to not rock the boat and you value cooperation and you're trying and you kind of link those together, you're not actually cooperating. And our culture really does support. In a lot of different pockets, of course not everywhere, but a lot of different pockets uh, support please don't make additional problems for me by rocking the boat, either in the family or especially at work. Like, why are you stirring the pot right now and making problems and bringing up what you perceive to be an issue? Can't we just go along with the way it's always been? And there's a lot happening right now where people are not wanting to go along with the way it's always been because they're trying to improve, you know, different parts of um, the family or our future as a nation. And of course, that's a very USA perspective. But I would suspect that that's happening in a lot of places in the world where people are trying to do what's right and live in a way that matters. So there's just, again, a lot of you can get into the weeds with the concept of cooperation and codependency and are you actually living out the value of cooperation or not? So another value from this uh, game that I'm talking about is popularity. So some people really enjoy... Um, being known by a lot of people. And that's not necessarily something that all codependent people are going to be drawn to. But there's a certain segment of versions of codependency believing that popularity means that you're well-liked and approved of, which when we get down to the underbelly of codependency... Um, being approved of by other people makes you feel okay. And so sometimes if you are popular, i.e. liked by many people, then that could mean that you're okay. It's like almost there's more evidence to support your okayness. But I would also dovetail, again, the other side of popularity in terms of codependency as a value is that are you only popular because you are a people pleaser? Or because you are over giving? And so is your popularity rooted in the need to be liked? Now you can need to be liked and it kind of fills something in you. Um, a lot of extroverts or extreme extroverts or people in the entertainment world really get filled up by having a lot of connections or having a, lot of, um, a large audience um, and they that fuels something in them. But I'm talking about, like, the more destructive form of popularity where, like, you have to have it or you're not okay. And I, I just really feel like... Now my brain... Sorry, I'm getting lost on my own thoughts for a second as I'm thinking about this. In terms of our culture, extroversion is seen as typical and the default... And um, introversion and the other versions of, you know, how much uh, you enjoy or get replenishment from being with other people is seen as secondary. And again, culture is beginning to embrace it more and understand more how to work with people who are not extroverts. Um, But extroversion and popularity are often highly intertwined. Um, And so... That comes out in our culture because extroverts tend to be the ones who are loud. So they tend to be the ones who are speaking more. And I mean, I'm an extrovert and here I am having a podcast. Granted, I'm not interacting. You're not interacting back with me. So I don't get that fulfillment. But um, because I love actually interacting with people and having deep conversations as well, which is why I love my work so much and working with people one on one and in small groups. Um, but you guys get to hear me. I'm, I'm totally going off into the weeds a million times today. This is so funny to me. I think I'm really distracted today as I'm recording this. So I hope that you are totally on board with that. Um, anyway, I just feel like because of extroversion and, um, our culture and like the default to extroversion that, uh, And those people being the ones that speak them the most, that um, being liked by a lot of people is seen as like normalized and having a smaller group of friends or like one best friend is seen as different or maybe not as typical. And maybe I'm out of touch with that now. And if I'm out of touch with that, just let me know. I would actually love to know if everyone's catching up that it's okay to just be how you are. So the next one I want to talk about is uh, the value I want to talk about is the combination of dependability and then the other value of duty. And dependability and duty, I feel like, are two values that are definitely prominent with people who are codependent. Um, It's really important to always be on top of things, especially if you're in a situation where your partner um, has one of those things that I've talked about you're in a relationship where the partner is an addict or they have an unmanaged mental health issue or they have low emotional intelligence or they have a major medical issue, there's a lot of reasons why if that is some traits or behaviors or problems that your partner has, why it's really important for you to be dependable because you're kind of like picking up the areas that they don't do and then you're picking up the areas where their addiction or their mental health issue leaves a mess that they're probably not cleaning up and when i say mess i mean like um, an emotional mess or a relationship mess or a work mess or maybe just like a physical mess around the house like um, dirt or a chaotic project or not putting items away and so Not only are you doing your stuff, sometimes you're doing the stuff that they don't do, and you're um, doing the, the cleanup of their stuff. And so that requires that you're on top of it, and you're dependable, and you're reliable. And there's a sense of duty that often comes behind dependability. And I would also say that there is a sense of duty that comes with the value of service, the value of helpfulness. It's just like this inner drive that I must do this thing. And we there's probably much, much writing on where the sense of duty comes from. And I'm not going to get into that today because I actually don't know enough about it. Um, but I would also say that dependability and duty in terms of codependency are this idea of Um, they're being a go-getter. They're going to go get the things done. They're going to go do it. And that could also even dovetail into the concept of popularity. Sometimes people who are well-liked by many others are engaged in a lot of ways. And so they're a go-getter in terms of like, I'm going to be involved in this and I'm going to be involved in that. And I'm going to get together my friend and I'm going to go to my friend's kids' sporting events and support them. And there can be this go getterness you're know, like, I'm going to help plan this event with so-and-so and all these different things that can happen. Um, but again, in terms of codependency, there's always this back end of like, how much are you sacrificing from yourself? What, what parts of yourself are you expending with this value of dependability? Um, and I've had to grapple with dependability in terms of my business and the podcast. It's really important to me that there is a podcast episode episode every single week but there are weeks that I have missed you know and I want to be reliable to you I want you to have something to listen to so that you know that I'm here for you and sometimes I feel like people begin to rely on and trust you know these relationships that we have um, digitally and I I want to be that for you right um, but then I've had things happen in my life where I'm just not functional. And the thought of even thinking of a podcast episode, what to record, let alone actually being able to sit down and think straight and do it, was unimaginable. Like, um, one example of when I I had to not be dependable. I had to depend on my, like, I had to be taking care of myself. I had to be dependable um, to myself. That's not quite how I meant to phrase it, but like I basically had to take care of myself and so that meant I couldn't do the podcast. And that happened, um, I believe it was 2021. Like because it happened between December and January, my brain is going dead. But when my father-in-law passed away and I didn't record an episode for a month because I just couldn't. And things happen in life and I, you know, there's lots of things like that that happen in all of our lives And the codependent person sometimes can't tell, oh, this thing that's happening in my life is more important than me being able to follow through on a commitment and my self-care and my mental health matter. So I should like bow out of this other thing because circumstances have changed. And sometimes if you're a dependable person who is also codependent, you can't tell, oh, I need to bow out right now and it's okay to not follow through on this commitment. And then again, there's that sense of duty that comes behind with many of these values that are significant. So I hope that I've talked about how our culture supports codependency because on the surface, all of these different values that I'm talking about are believed to be good in our culture. I want to pause for a second and talk about something that I have coming up. I'm really excited about it for me and for you because it's for you and you could be in the thing with me, which would be great. Um, It's my first program that I'm doing since switching to being a radiance coach. And the program is called radiance recipe. It is happening from June to August. It's an online program And it's going to be all about connecting into your divine feminine. It's going to be helping you learn kind of like the ins and outs of the natural rhythms of the female body and how to work with them rather than against them so that you can orchestrate your life in a way where you understand when during the month is it time to, you know, have really passionate sex with your partner that's like mmm or when is it time to have sex with your partner when it's you know more tender and then when is it time to be having challenging conversations because there is a time of the month to have challenging conversations that's best and when is it time to maybe do certain kinds of work that are just like computer work where you're just alone with the computer being creative or doing data entry. You know, there's times of the month where it's best to do that kind of work. And so I'm teaching how to orchestrate your life in this way, but there's also going to be a lot of meditations. There's going to be womb communication, communicating with your own womb, how to actually let your womb help guide you in life, like uh, your intuition or an oracle. And then there's going to be a lot of work around connecting to ancestors. So each month we're going to have three calls or circles, and they're going to be one with ceremony, one with teaching, and one with, I'm not remembering what I called it now, oh, demonstration. And so we'll demonstrate something so that you can practice it in a practical way. And it's all really about like how to bring out so that the Radiance in the Divine Feminine. Um, all of the links for this are going to be in the show notes. Again, it's from June to August. It is $333 a month. It's uh, less if you invest all up front. And then I also have an option to pay for it over a six-month period rather than a three-month period so that it's more affordable for you if you want to be involved in it but just need a lower amount. So I'm really excited to bring this to you. I'm really passionate about all of this stuff because this is why I switched to being a radiance coach because it's just on the forefront of my mind. Okay, so let's get back to talking about um, codependency and values. So I think that these values are so easily supported in our culture. One, a lot of them are good on the surface, right? Um, But they're also... um, supported by the culture because i think that it maintains uh good things happening for certain people and if certain people self-sacrifice then certain people can rise to the top and so i think people who benefit from the service of others aren't going to be very encouraging of the self-sacrificing ending and if you think about that through a cultural lens, it gets a lot bigger. Like more often I talk about that in a familial sense or a one-on-one relationship sense. But as a culture, I believe that we are in a shift of codependency because trust me, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I wasn't hearing anybody talk about codependency. And I recognize that I talk about it now, but I see it everywhere online. It's much more common for people to understand it. And so how how is culture, you know, supporting the concepts and the underpinning behaviors of codependency to continue because there's certain pockets of people and groups and organizations that benefit from other people self-sacrificing, the people who are people pleasers or codependent. So I'm also going to say the names of some more of the values that are um, that codependent people tend to be drawn to. So some other ones are acceptance, humility, responsibility, nurturance, accuracy, tolerance, justice, and faithfulness. And then some of the ones, and I'm not really talking about this today, but I just wanted to mention it, that I think are maybe averse to codependent people or might feel intimidating to them. Again, not every single codependent person, but if you have a certain aspect of codependency, you might have an aversion to certain values. So some of those might be self-knowledge, intimacy, self-acceptance, non-conformity, change, solitude, independence, creativity, mindfulness, pleasure, honesty, genuineness. And this is just my perspective. Again, all of these came from that um, values card sort game that I'm that is in the show notes. So let me know what you think about this. Let me know if you um, are discovering what your values are and what they are. And I definitely want to know if you play the values card sort game that is going to be in the show notes because that's it's really interesting to do that game and figure out what your values are. I, I want to hear from you. So, my dear, go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media be sure to tag me i love hearing how you're growing get amplified